Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Bumps Along the Way, a weekly podcast hosted by me, Anna Christie, that explores all roads to pregnancy and parenthood. This week, I explore a road to parenthood that ended before it had a chance to begin. Veronica Santini is a women's health mentor, yoga teacher, and the host of wellness retreats in Europe. But above all, she is a woman, a woman like us, who had a dream of being a mother, a woman who just as she was about to get married, had her dream of motherhood taken away from her. After receiving a diagnosis of infertility due to premature ovarian insufficiency, Veronica went down a long road of grief and healing. But she now dedicates her life to supporting women and helping them find the balance and confidence to live empowered, easy and joyful lives. Veronica helps women realize that you can live a happy, fulfilling life regardless of your fertility outcomes. And that is what we're going to explore in this conversation. Before diving into the episode, I also want to share a small update regarding bumps. As you may know, because you've been listening along, I was recently diagnosed with a dysmorphic T-shaped uterus. Thankfully, this condition is treatable and I will be having surgery mid-August. In the lead up to the surgery, I've decided I want to put my energy and focus into getting ready and feeling rested and strong. So I'm going to be taking a break from bumps starting today. I want to thank you all for following along, engaging and sharing. And I promise you in a couple of weeks, bumps will be back. For now, I hope you enjoy this empowering and beautiful conversation with the inspiring Veronica Santini. Hi, Veronica. Thank you very much for giving me this time and joining bumps along the way. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's absolutely my pleasure. What I thought would be a good place to start would be if you wanted to just briefly introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm Veronica. I'm a yoga teacher and female health mentor. And I'm also a somatic coach in training. I'm Italian and I'm living in Amsterdam at the moment. Nice. A beautiful city that I know very well. (laughs) Yeah. Usually the first question that I ask um, guests on this podcast is, where does your fertility journey start for you? Mm -hmm. 
I have uh, an unusual answer maybe, but my fertility journey ended even before it started, <laughs> unfortunately. So um, I can elaborate on that if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in 2018, um, a little, a few months before turning 32, my uh, period uh, went missing. And I had already had uh, quite irregular periods in the last, uh, in, the, in the previous years. Um, but this time it took way longer to come back. And I, after three months, then four months, I started worrying and also started feeling symptoms and different symptoms like hot flashes and joint pain and had to go to the toilet a lot at night and um, just strange like allergic reactions. And so I started worrying a little bit more and considering, okay, this might be something serious going on. And so I did all the checks that were necessary and I was diagnosed with premature ovarian insufficiency. Mm -hmm. uh, which is basically a premature menopause. So my fertility journey or my trying to conceive journey would have started a few months later. I was actually going to get married a few months later. Um, and I did in the end, <laughs> I did. But um, let's say that this uh, diagnosis came also with a, an infertility diagnosis. So uh, we were kind of taken that um the chance of even trying a little bit away um and it, I, we did try in the end um to go to a fertility clinic and be followed by a fertility clinic for a few months uh, to try and understand if the diagnosis was uh, correct and what the chances were and there were no chances for me to do uh, ivf with my own eggs because of the hormone level fsh that was very high so it would not have uh, worked i'm so sorry to hear that first of all i guess if i go back to sort of the start of that diagnosis, you mentioned you were getting some symptoms, some, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you mentioned hot flushes and trouble sleeping. What else aside from your period disappearing um, really led you to kind of go and get these investigations done? Yeah, it was really the, the absence of the period and combined with all the symptoms that were also having an impact of the on the quality of life because I was just always very tired, not sleeping well. And these allergic reactions that I was having, which I think were a, a symptom of my histamine being very high, which can happen when you have, you know, when you're in perimenopause, uh, were also a little bit scary and weird because I would get like swollen lips or a swollen eye all of a sudden or a swollen knee, like very random. So yeah, so I think, you know, I put all these together and started Googling as we all do. Mm. And <laughs> not always a good idea, but actually in this case, you know, I think it helped me to push for more checks, which sometimes in the Netherlands doctors are a little bit um, conservative in doing. Um, and actually, I had to change doctors to uh, manage finally to get um, my FSH tested because the first doctor wanted to wait one year without a period. But at my age and with all the symptoms, I don't think that was the right thing to do. So I went to a more uh, open doctor that would not follow the protocol so strictly. Mm. And, uh, and had tests, uh, FSH and MH, AMH, which confirmed that they were in the menopausal uh, levels or perimenopausal levels. So, No, I completely understand. We have actually resorted to going to Belgium um, yeah. to get our fertility checks kind of done. It just seems like 
a long, hard road in the Netherlands sometimes. So I can empathize there with the kind of, you have to really advocate for yourself. And I'm, I'm glad you did. And you, you, in this instance, it sounds like actually Google um, was helpful in giving you, sometimes we don't know what questions we need to ask and what we need to push for, what tests we need to push for. So it sounds like you really did your research there. Yeah, and even knowing, to be honest, I didn't know of the existence of premature ovarian insufficiency. No. Uh, many people don't. Um, so it helped me to get that information, that missing piece that I had no idea was uh, an option. Uh, and of course, I didn't, you know, I found this uh, diagnosis online. And of course, I was hoping it would not be that. And then it turned mm. out to be that. So that was a bit of a shock. But yeah, I mean, we would have gotten there eventually, I think. Um, but some women I mean, who have premature ovarian insufficiency have irregular periods, you know, and so sometimes it's just not being diagnosed because the periods are still are still there, mm-hmm. you know, here and there. And I think in my case, my periods were still there for, you know, like before the diagnosis were very irregular. So I'm sure that my levels were already uh, confirming a premature ovarian insufficiency before, but we never looked into it because, you know, you just think, oh, it might be stress or it might be I lost weight or it might be, you know, all the things that usually... Yeah, we think about initially when periods are irregular. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I understand that. And for anybody that doesn't know, you mentioned a lot of women don't even know to look for premature ovarian syndrome. So what exactly is it? So premature ovarian insufficiency is basically when your ovaries are not working the way they were supposed to. So in some women, it can be a complete absence of periods and other other women can still have irregular periods. It is diagnosed when your FSH is very high, so the follicle-stimulating hormone. It's at menopausal level. So it's the hormone that signals the ovaries to release, um, to mature follicles and release eggs. But because the the ovarian reserves reserve is so low, then the eggs are not released. So this FSH keeps rising and rising and rising the more it signals the ovaries. And if the reserve is not there, there's no eggs to be released. Okay. So it is basically a premature menopause. It is basically menopause, but it's defined um, premature ovarian insufficiency when it happens before the age of 40. So after the age of 40, uh, between 40 and 50, we usually speak about premature menopause. And then around the age of 50, we talk about menopause. Mm -hmm. Uh, But premature ovarian insufficiency is basically a menopause, but below the age of 40. And it can also happen in teenage years, unfortunately. So it's, it is really, yeah, it can happen in your teens. It can happen in your 20s. For me, it happened in my 30s. Um, and about 1% of women will have um, premature ovarian insufficiency between 30 and 40, like below, um, below the age of 40, and 0.1 below the age of 30. So it is quite common if you think about it, it's one woman out of 100 under yeah. the age of 40 that goes into such an early menopause. Yeah, that is quite common. And since you became open about this and started talking about this, did you feel that? Did you feel that there was a community of women that you could connect with that was going through this? Yeah. So actually, I reached out to uh, a colleague uh, of mine who had shared with me that she could not have kids, but we had not gone into depth on the why. 
But then when I had the diagnosis, which was basically also an infertility diagnosis, I reached out to her and said, you know, I would like to talk with you, share what's going on for me, because I know you're going through something similar. And then it turned out that she had the exact same thing. Wow. <laughs> so, so that was interesting and nice, you know, to relate to someone that had a very, very similar uh, story. Mm-hmm. And then also on Facebook, I reached out to um, a group, um, which is called the Daisy Network. It's a UK um, group, um, which gives support to women who have premature ovarian insufficiency. So that was supportive in the beginning, especially to reach out to this community. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I discovered a whole world that I had no idea existed. I can understand. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. And your call, you mentioned it was a colleague that you reached out to. What were the sorts of ways in which you found connecting helped you? I mean, was it that you could have that mutual shared experience or I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I suppose, yeah, if anybody was listening to this and was thinking about opening up, um, is that something that you would advise? Yes, definitely. I mean, for me, I am very open. And to me, talking about what's going on inside is really helpful to process. And I needed to to share. And that's also why I made my story public. And I think even just by sharing on social media and talking about it and writing about it, it was also in a way part of my therapy, therapeutic way of processing everything that was going on. And I know that not all women are... Um, you know, open to share such intimate um, things. But I think that finding someone to talk about it with can be very helpful. And that could be, you know, someone that is sharing a similar story, or it could be, you know, a therapist, if you don't want to um, go publicly and talking about it with, um, you know, with people you don't know, or, or, or friends, even, you know, mm. but just having some sort of support and voicing what's, what's going on can be helpful and of course even better if the person you're talking to is sharing some of the story so that could be that you have the same diagnosis or it could also be simply that you both are having a struggle you know trying to conceive or for different reasons I think it can be helpful to have someone that you know can relate to what you're going through and usually the person that can relate and has a similar experience also has words that are more supportive and maybe you know shares the frustrations of you know having uh, certain answers from people who have never been there and that sometimes can be a little bit uh, harsh or just not very appropriate Mm. so I think if someone's (laughs) been there you know they can be maybe a little more sensitive towards the topic and yeah yeah indeed for for a lot of people it's around education isn't it if you haven't been through something yourself you often don't know what to say and things can come out indeed the wrong way Mm -hmm. not badly intended of course just yeah not fully understanding or empathizing with the situation I think it's something that um that we've all been through unfortunately yeah 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 you were getting married a few Mm -hmm. months later so Mm -hmm. How was it to receive this diagnosis at that time where the future was, you know, so bright and you were looking forward to everything that was coming? Yeah, it was really shitty. (laughs) Uh, It kind of like, it was a big shock and I'm not going to say ruined, but for sure put a little bit of a cloud over those months uh, of preparation. 
you know, where I went to try a wedding dress for the first time thinking, because I was still being followed by the fertility clinic thinking, oh, maybe, you know, I might be pregnant. I might not when I get married. Like there was still that sort of chance because they had rushed me into, you know, they had told me like, if you want it, you have to do it right now. So, so I did, you know, start trying to conceive, even though the chances were a little bit slim. And also physically it was, you know, it's already stressful planning a wedding and going through, you know, uh, the whole uh, organize, organization and preparation. And, and that was already, you know, it has some sort of impact on your body already. And then with all the menopausal symptoms and the stress also that comes from your uh, physiology changing, um, that was definitely a lot. Like it felt like a big charge and also a lot of grief, a lot of grief mm. as well. Um, you know, like going through a loss even before you've even tried to um, conceive, mm. kind of losing a part of yourself, you know, losing the chance of a future with children, losing, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of loss involved mm. in those months. So it was definitely a hard time. Yeah, the loss of a life that you might have envisaged, you know, I think it's it's not only the loss of a pregnancy, but it's also the loss mm-hmm. of of being parents together, the loss of, you know, those dreams that you had. And I can only imagine how difficult that was for you. So I am, mm-hmm. yeah, my heart goes to you and your strength, of course, in deciding to be open about it and to share about it. I think that takes a lot of courage as well. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, now, you know, I've, I'm kind of, I feel like I've come on the other side. So, but still, I think reconnecting to how I was feeling in those months, for sure, it, it still touches me because I can, I can feel that kindness towards myself and the compassion towards myself and what I was going through. And it was a lot. I mean, I've mm-hmm. been strong and, you know, I've, I've gone through it all and I've processed it, but still, of course, it has a an impact and it's a little scar you're keeping with you, you know, for life in the end. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. It, it, it never truly goes away. I feel like with any grief, we sort of wrap new layers around it mm-hmm. and let it go on, even though it's still in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was curious about that. You mentioned you, you have come through to the other side. Um at what point, I guess, did you make that decision? You know what? I'm going to turn this around and I'm going to use this experience into something, turn this experience into something that can actually help people. It was about a year later. So, you know, I I got the diagnosis and got married and I decided that winter to take three months off and just me and my husband went to Italy uh, for three months and I literally did nothing other than eating, sleeping, relaxing, being with family and just friends. And I really needed to, you know, a big exhale to let go of everything and to just be and not think about trying to conceive or anything, you know, just I started hormone therapy in the meantime, which was helping me. Yeah, that really helped to kind of reset and Mm -hmm. um, regain a bit of energy. Was the hormone therapy so that you could continue to try? No, the hormone therapy is necessary in the case of premature ovarian insufficiency to make sure that a woman has the right amount of estrogen 
Okay. And, and progesterone, if you still have a uterus, the progesterone is necessary okay. um, to prevent from uh, getting osteoporosis or uh, heart disease. Uh, so it's important to to keep that apport of hormones uh, because there are other, you know, other consequences to menopause than just uh, infertility. It's a whole, it takes over your whole uh, body and system. And it, when it comes to early, it can be a little bit dangerous to have so many years without uh, the right amount of, um, of hormones. I see. So yeah, that, that, that I'm still on and it, you can continue that until you're uh, for sure about around 50 and then you can reevaluate um, until basically the, the standard menopausal age. Okay. But yeah, so uh, after those three months, uh, we came back to Holland and a week later we were in lockdown. <laughs> So, oh, of course. Yeah, so we came back just in time to then be stuck here. Um, and um, it was in those uh, first months of lockdown. Um, yeah, first couple of months, around May maybe, that I started to um, to think of offering workshops for women who were having fertility struggles. So I started with workshops Um because I am a yoga teacher, so I and I, I thought you know I would like to hold space for people, and as a yoga teacher, I have the ability to to hold space and to um, host sharing circles, and so I thought there's been a few things that have helped me in this path of acceptance and embracing my diagnosis and my story and the infertility, and I just wanted to share it with people, so I just started offering these workshops. What, what were some of those things that helped you to process that diagnosis? Well, I think um, finding more kindness for myself. You know how in life we are like always kind of striving and struggling to reach what we want and pushing and pushing and pushing. For me, what helped was really the opposite to kind of release a little bit of that tension around what I wanted and to soften and to let go, which is, which doesn't mean that I'm suggesting to everybody that is trying to conceive to stop trying. That's not mm -hmm. what I'm meaning. It's more the attitude and the internal feeling, the internal, yeah, the, the way that you are moving through that story. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we are getting so tight around it I, I cannot I can just think of this word tight or like tense you know mm, latched this, on yeah moving forward with this tension and this wanting and this you know it has to be like that at all costs and sometimes just even you know continuing that same journey but with a little bit more of openness to what is happening and what is coming to into your path which we cannot always control unfortunately no. Um, so it's more like a, a mindset, I think, that was mm. inspired also, of course, by my yoga studies, my yoga journey and teachers finding gratitude uh, into what I have and the possibility that have been, you know, given to me and just seeing how this opened up a whole new, you know, a whole new life prospect, which maybe before I was not considering, but that can be equally fulfilling if I really look at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what does that look like for you? I mean, 
you use your yoga and healing arts um, to help women find more balance and live more sort of empowered lives. Um, is that what you mean? That you that's this has sort of opened up that pathway for you to be able to do this maybe with more, yeah, more personal relatability to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It opened up a new um, direction of my yoga um, offerings. Well, I started studying more about the female body um, and menopause specifically, um, fertility, infertility. So I started deepen my knowledge on how yoga can be supportive uh, in certain situations, how it can be supportive of hormonal health, how uh, can be supportive uh, during the perimenopause and menopause. So more like the technicalities of how yoga can be of support in terms of really the body, the, the physical body. And so I started offering more specific workshops and classes uh, around those topics. And then just bringing in as well this um, more, let's call it lifestyle coaching and mentoring uh, for women to help them really um, also just embrace their story wherever at whatever point they're at um, with more kindness towards themselves and with more also feeling empowered in themselves not because not just because they're able to conceive and birth a baby but also because they're really in tune with who they are and what their purpose is oh, I love that so really helping people find acceptance of their journey and their story no matter where they are and that 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 end result of that pregnancy or birthing isn't necessarily the the end it's about something deeper Mm -hmm. yeah exactly oh that's amazing Mm. so beautiful and what is coming next for you what Mm. are you working towards what are your next goals I'm kind of shifting a little bit of my uh, female health work to uh, one-on-one containers. Mm, I started more with groups and workshops, but I feel that with the one-on-one container, I can really help the person more in depth. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I'm uh, doing at the moment, focusing on supporting uh, women one-on-one and then also giving them as well uh, the space to connect amongst each other. Mm. And I'm doing that mostly at the moment through retreats. And this is not only for women who are trying to conceive uh, or women who have infertility issues, but it's for all women to to indeed uh, connect more, you know, to who they are and really feel empowered and, and share their story wherever they're at, you know, in terms of career, in terms of relationship, in terms of their fertility journey, and just coming with their own story and living, um, leaving the place maybe a little bit more empowered, and a little bit more centered. Yeah, I'm offering some workshops here and there in Amsterdam and online for women on cyclical health, menopause health as well. And uh, more um, energetics uh, in terms of the feminine, feminine body, the connection to the womb and the heart. So I am also uh, reaching out to people that way with workshops uh, that are a little bit more specific on certain topics as well. Mm, amazing. I might need to book you in I've myself <laughs> been put into a state of menopause right now actually as part of oh, my yeah. hormone um, treatments yeah so I might need to reconnect with you on um, mm. some of the things I'm experiencing myself yeah yeah for sure yeah 
And I guess my final um, question, Veronica, would be after everything that you've experienced and everything that you've sort of learned and grown through with this, um, what you've been through with your diagnosis, what would be your message to anybody who is perhaps struggling with question marks around their fertility or have received a diagnosis of infertility? What would be like something you'd like to leave them with? I think my advice is to do all the things that feel aligned, you know, that feel like, you know, good uh, for you to do. Meaning um, if trying another treatment feels good, uh, go ahead and try and continue trying. If that's feeling like you're feeling resourced and you're feeling still grounded in that process. But if it starts to feel like it's not aligned or it's taking away a lot of energy from the rest of your life and it's really leading and limiting you and it feels like a contraction, sometimes it's good to also to create a little bit of space and maybe let go for a little while or, or let go forever. So I feel like in the fertility world, there's a lot of this um, focus on keep pushing, keep trying, you're going to make it, you know, in this kind of almost toxic positivity. And it's it's really good when we are able to, to feel like we are allowed to let go. Some women might feel like they should not even go there of thinking, you know, of stopping because it feels like giving up. I think it's good to be kind to to yourself and to be gentle and to recognize where is your limit in this how much you want to move forward in this how much is it taking away from who you are and from your connection to your purpose in this life for me it was very supportive to because of my infertility diagnosis and because I accepted uh, not to go forward with the egg donation which would have been um, an option for me to get pregnant doing the um, um, going ahead with the egg donor I decided for now at least and I'm 36 now so I think forever I don't think I will ever do it so for me it was very helpful to connect to the um, childless uh, collective on uh, on Instagram Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a community of women that are uh, very much yeah, inspiring and empowered in uh, living um, a child-free life but you know, childless, not by choice, uh, and still, you know, thriving. And, uh, and um, this community is very, uh, is very supportive and very empowering. So yeah, I think to me, it's brought me a lot of, uh, a lot of joy and a lot of support to see that there's other women out there who've had difficult journeys, but you know, they're still like amazing women. So it's very inspiring to surround yourself with women who are yeah, we're still living amazing lives without children, without kids. <laughs> yeah. And as you demonstrate is so, you know, within reach. And I think it's beautiful what you shared. I I, I sort of heard two takeaways from that, one of which is to, yeah, it 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 can become a bit all consuming and mm-hmm. it can take a, away a lot of energy from your life. And I think if I hear you correctly, that message was to try and be kind to yourself and give yourself some space to also also let go a bit and that that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other, of course, is that no matter what hand life deals you, you can grow through it 
and you can get through it and you will find the right support and you will still thrive and have an amazing, beautiful life with purpose and power. Yeah, indeed. And I'm not saying to, you know, to everybody that is listening, okay, stop trying, you know, that's, <laughs> no. that's not my message, but yeah, just keep going your own path until it feels like it bring it brings you joy. And I know that it's a difficult path to be on and it's not always joyful. There, There's mm-hmm. going to be bumps on the road, of course, and some yeah. sadness and some grief, but as long as you can still connect it to yourself and yeah, to, to your purpose. And I think that's the most important thing to be gentle to oneself and soften a little bit. Yeah. Mm, I agree. Remember why we're here. Remember why we're doing this and be kind with how much time it takes, even when it starts to feel Mm -hmm. challenging and frustrating. Yeah. Well, I think that's a lovely message to wrap it up on, Veronica. I want to thank you so much for, yeah, sharing this incredible story with us. Um, You are someone that I really respect and admire for being so open and for using this, um, yeah, what you said, it was a shock and it came at a very challenging time in your life and you've used it to, in fact, help a lot of women around the world so I hope that's something that you hold dear to your heart knowing how many people you are helping yeah for sure it's an honor actually yeah it's, it's very nice to be able to support other women and to help them in their journey so thank you yeah. for having me today <laughs> no it's my pleasure and who knows maybe I'll be joining your next retreat <laughs> I would love that <laughs> Thanks, Veronica. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.